What is up, guys, and welcome to the Meeple Minded Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason. And I'm James. Hello, James. How are you doing today? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Good, good. I've got a question for you. A question? Yes, a question. A question. What's a board game? It's a board game. Well, I mean, obviously, apart from <laughs> stating the obvious yes. games, what is a board game? Well, it, it's a game that's played on a board, traditionally. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's it's fairly self-explanatory, isn't it? I mean, yeah. what a stupid question for me to ask. But the reason I ask that is because it's kind of related to the topical discussion that we're going to be having today, James. Mm. And... Today's topical discussion is actually based on a question, and that question is, are board games toys? Interesting. Very interesting, and I can't believe we're having this conversation, to be honest, but actually, when you really think about it, there is quite a bit that you could really sort of weigh up as to whether they are indeed toys, or whether they're something completely different. I think if you really, really get it down to brass taxes, they're toys. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I don't think they are toys. No? No. no. Okay, well, that means that this topical discussion, James, is going to be really, really entertaining. Yes. Uh, with lots of back and forth, I think. So I'm looking forward to having that. But before we do that, I'll obviously remind everyone that once we've had this rather enjoyable argument slash <laughs> friendly disagreement, Paul will be joining us a little bit later to bring you all of your weekly news and you know, crowdfunding campaigns but yeah shall we dive straight in yeah because i don't really care what you've been doing this past week james no i don't care what you've been doing and i'd like to start this discussion by saying jason i respect your opinion but you are wrong you <laughs> 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 got there before me damn it <laughs> cut that out in post <laughs> let, let, let's let's have this discussion james because when you go to a supermarket yep and you buy a board game from a supermarket, what section is that board game in? Toys and games. It is in the toys and games section, yes. And it's the same no matter where you go. If you go to a, well, I was about to say, if you go to a toy shop, believe it or not, it's with the toys. But, you know, no matter where you go, if it's a physical shop that doesn't specialise in games, i.e. your friendly local game store who you should always be supporting, cha-ching, they are always in with the toys. And you do have to ask the question, why? What what would be your reasoning as to why they should be with the toys? I mean, I think they're with the toys because they do go hand in hand. My reason for saying they're not toys is it's just a board game is not... When someone says a toy to me, I in my mind immediately goes to action figures mm. um, and the various other physical toys that you play with. I think... I know most board games have a solo mode, but it's the f- the fact that they're intended to be played with other people. A mm-hmm. toy, when you think fr- from a child's perspective, a child can play with a toy on their own. Mm. They can't really play a board game on their own. Mm-hmm. It requires the input of other people, and that's why I don't think they're toys. Okay, I mean, that's a fair argument, though. That is a very fair argument. And, you know, I think the easiest way, you know, I, I, I had a little bit of preparation for this, and... I actually picked up the old English dictionary, James. Do oh. you know they even still printed these damn things? <laughs> I mean, obviously they have to for the likes of Scrabble. But... I, I would just like to interject at this point that I am genuinely amazed that you know what a dictionary is. <laughs> <laughs> just because I don't like words with more than one syllable, you know. 
<laughs> Not even sure what a syllable is at this yeah, point. I was going to say, that's a, that's a big word. You really have been picking up that dictionary. <laughs> word games, James. That's what it's... <laughs> But yeah, I refer to the English dictionary. So the first question of what is a board game that I first posed to you. According to the English dictionary, a board game is, quote, a game that involves the movement of counters and or objects around a board. So according to that definition, any games which don't actually include a board are not considered board games. So, I mean, I'm just going to stick a little bit of a teaser here because this is going to have to be a discussion for another topical discussion, but card games. Yep. When is, when is a board game not a board game? Exactly. You know, I would say that most card games do qualify to be to be board games. We'll, we'll take Marvel Champions or yep. Marvel Legendary as an example. They are board games. I, I We're segueing into that discussion already, but um, I th- honestly think the actual the term board game is very outdated. Is outdated yep. these days. Tabletop is a much more accurate a, a game that requires a table or surface to play on rather than a board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would agree with you on that. And and the, the terminology is a little bit outdated. Mm. But uh, yeah, like I said, discussion for another time when it comes to card games. So that that's the definition of a board game. Now, what about a toy? What is the English dictionary's description of a toy it actually comes in two parts so the first part is an object for a child to play with typically a model or miniature replica of something for example a toy car the second part of that is an object especially a gadget or machine regarded as providing amusement for an adult in 1914 the car was still deemed as a rich man's toy so what do you think of that, James? Does, does that change your opinion at all? Uh, it does not. It does not. It does not. Okay. So, what 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 differences do you see in those statements between the board game one, which says the game that involves the movement of counters or other objects around a board? Yep. I would agree with the board game definition. Yep. Uh, what what defines a board game? Um, but yeah, I think that your definition of a toy excludes board games from mm-hmm. that. Okay. See, for me. I'd actually say the definition of toy actually does have some semblance of what a board game brings to the party. For the most part, toys and games have very much in common, which only helps to blur the line, to be honest, between the two definitions. But games and toys are both played in which to invoke enjoyment or to fend off a state of boredom or mundanity. So they're very similar in that sense. The only true difference for me between the two definitions is that toys don't have a goal or rules. But as soon as you apply rules and goals to a toy, it can become a game. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think you've just hit the key definition. A game and a toy are two separate things. But you could take a toy, for example, and say, we'll take uh, a car and say, that's just a toy car. Mm-hmm. However, when I get my son to achieve goals with that car, or to go on a journey with that car across the living room, suddenly that toy is now a game. Or oh, you played downforce. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, because I mean, you hit upon the thing. It's like toys can become games, and 
to move off of our normal thing, I can think of a perfect example. Mm-hmm. I buy a Nerf gun for someone. It's a toy. Yep. If your friend buys a Nerf gun and you decide to go into the woods and start firing foam darts at each other, mm-hmm. you've used the toy as a component in a game. You have. You have indeed, yes. But the two remain separate. Mm. I mean, this one, th- this example, I, 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 I really like and is going to cause so much heat and hatred towards me. A football, James, is a toy. Yes or no? Yes. A game of football is a game. Indeed. At what point does it become a business? (laughs) (laughs) When you introduce money. (laughs) Exactly. So that's the difference. There's so many little things that take very little in order to change the definition of what it is you're playing. So all of those really rich footballers out there are just playing with toys. Yep. A toy. They're fighting <laughs> they're over a toy. They're fighting over a toy. It's like a big playground out there. <laughs> you days. you remind me of a, a, a little anecdote I'm going to share now is when I went to watch one of my friends play rugby uh, and there was a little kid in the audi- uh, in, in the crowd uh, and he just turned to his dad and kind of like, as kids do, like, and he's like, are they really fighting over a ball? Mm. Yes, that's unfortunate. That's the kind of the point of the game. I would actually say that board games are indeed toys until you start playing the game. So that, for me, is a good reason for it to be yeah. located in, say, a toys section in a supermarket. But really, do I class it as a toy deep down? Not really, yeah. but yes. If you wanted to be funny about it, especially with, I'm just looking at your shelf here. Ines, for example, mm-hmm. yep. you could count the individual components as toys, the Indeed. figurines. Yeah. You could yeah. uh, you could easily play play a game with just the figurines. You know, chuck the board and the rules away and just play with the figurines. Yeah, yeah, you could. That, I, you know, you that uh, then your game components become toys. So what you're saying, James, is all the people that play war games like Warhammer are just playing with toy soldiers. If they were just <laughs> playing with them figurines but as you said earlier once you introduce some rules and a format Mm -hmm. it becomes a game but i do view all of our tabletop hobby it's it's all toys it's all toy soldiers i was like you're opening up a can of worms which i inadvertently uh opened earlier but it's like i mean i think the warhammer players would argue that they are collectibles and Mm -hmm. not toys yeah yeah the same as my limited edition star wars figurines are not toys oh yes indeed (laughs) But once they come out of the box, James... <laughs> Don't be foolish. You never take them out of the original <laughs> packaging. I mean, that's... No, no, no. Seriously, I'm not one of those people. They are out of the packaging. Yeah, no, that's fair <laughs> enough. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're going to have that argument with someone, you just direct them straight to uh, the old film Toy, Toy Soldiers. Yeah. You know, it's not called action figures go to war. <laughs> it's called Toy Soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I get the whole... If it's in the original packaging, it's worth money. But it's like, if I wanted to look at f- limited edition collectible figurines in a box, I wouldn't buy the damn thing. I'd just go walk in the store every day. <laughs> and I've saved myself some money. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, what other comments would you have on, on this subject, James? Like, if, if someone came up to you after you said, oh, I went out to uh, the comic shop last night and played at the board game night, and they tell us, oh, what are you doing? Play with toys. What would be... Your argument to that person. I would, Jason, I would direct them to this very podcast and this very episode and say, this is why you are wrong. Suck up, James. <laughs> suck up. Suck up. <laughs> there is an argument to be had, I think, on yeah, both yeah. sides There of is. It. 
as you said earlier, there is a lot of crossover and blurring of the lines, but I do think a game and a toy are something fundamentally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the definitions within the English dictionary, they are very similar. They do, as I said, they do share some semblance, uh, you know, across all the platforms. But like you said, toys are toys until you introduce rules or, or an objective or a mission, whatever it be, at which point it becomes a game, you know. Going back to the football thing, when you start in introducing money, that go that then goes from a game to a business. You know, there is very, very little in that grey line between all of these definitions. Yep. And no matter what anyone says, you are right. You know, if you think board games are toys, you're right. If you think board games are a completely separate thing and that board games are board games in their own category, you're also right. War games, you're right. Everyone in this instance is right in one way or another yep there are some games that i think you know you, you sort of think back to the mass-produced games that you see in the likes of what was toys r us or smith's toys and that and stuff like that where you see things like mouse trap yep you know where there's just mounds of like plastic stuff that are you you know it is a board game technically but it's more like a i suppose it's more like a pinball machine in yep. my mind but something like that doesn't help the situation. Yeah, because it, it very much blurs the line between what is a toy. Uh, I, Mousetrap's a good example, actually, because I would argue that Mousetrap falls into that very definition. Mm -hmm. You said that along with the car. It's it's that intricate when you think about it. It is a mechanical uh, device. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's also a board game. Yeah. <laughs> and a toy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> where where does this fall? What kind of worms have we opened here, James? <laughs> Big boys toys, James. Cars. Both you and me have had a history with uh, liking certain cars and stuff like that. Yep. And self-proclaimed, we, we big boys and their toys. Mm -hmm. You know, where where do you think that, that came from? Is it just the fact of, oh, it's just grown-ups acting like kids over, over cars? I mean, it is. Um, the definition, I think, of that also blurs the line. It's like lots of people own cars. Lots of people own nice cars. Mm-hmm. It becomes an almost adult toy when you start working on it yourself or modifying it yeah. and things like that. I don't, I wouldn't class it as a big boy's toy, even even just driving it. If you take it to a mechanic or somebody else looks after the thing, it's not. I wouldn't really class it. It's it's the people who like like to take them apart, yeah, refurbish uh, classic cars, that kind of thing. That's when it becomes an adult's toy. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. That's fair. I think. Really, for me, my final thoughts on this is I, I do still deem board games as toys, but mm. the honest thing here is, so what? Yeah. What does it matter? If they're toys, then guess what? Yeah. I'm sat in front of a hundred odd toys. Yeah. I think it's it's the connotations that spring to mind when you say toy, mm -hmm. because you immediately think childish. Yes. That's, I think, why people don't like it. It doesn't bother me. I know it doesn't bother you. Yeah, right. You want to call it a toy? It's a toy. Yeah. You know, there's a meme that springs to mind that is so true. It's like as we grow up, we don't, we never grow out of toys. They just get bigger and more expensive. Yeah, this is you know, very true. And it's a picture of a toddler, a teenager, and an adult. And like you said, toddler's got his little bike with the um, stabilizers on it. Yeah. The teenager has a BMX or yeah. a mountain bike, and the dad's working on his car. Yeah. It's like they never, you never grow out of them. They just get bigger and more expensive. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, 
Deep down, James's opinions on it is no, they are something completely different. Mine is, nah, they they probably are toys, but you know, so what? The purpose of a board game or any tabletop game is to bring enjoyment to its user, just like a toy. Yep. And everyone, everyone on the planet joke that we are all kids at heart. So why not live live the life of that kid and have as many toys as you can? Yeah, I would throw an extra thing in there as well. I think from an adult's perspective as well, a board game isn't so much a toy because it's also, as we've said many times, we enjoy playing board games with other people. It's a social tool mm-hmm. as, yeah. as well, which I think is different from a toy. You know, as much as the geeks like me proclaim that our limited edition collector's figures aren't toys, they're, they're toys. Yeah. yeah. They are toys. <laughs> we just don't play with them. But yeah, they're designed to be toys. Whereas a, a board game is a very social thing to me, which I think takes it out of the toy category. Yeah. No, I, I think I do agree. I think, and, and that's not to say anyone that plays solo games that you know, you're no. playing with toys, not not that in any way. But for me, I would agree. You know, games are something you do sociably, whereas, you know, all right, when you're kids, you do play toys sociably. But at the point that we're talking that kids are playing together, with the same sort of toys, they've probably created some kind of, you know, uh, um, imaginary world. Yeah. At which point they've created a game. Yeah. They have created their own game. Just because the rules aren't written down or spoken, the game has been created. And therefore, those toys have suddenly become a game. And yeah, that is pretty much all we're going to be able to really say on on this, this topical thing, is that it's a rather sort of... We're never actually going to have this argument one one way or the other. No, it, it's it's a it's an open ended argument, and you know I I love to hear anybody's opinion on this. So I've brought this subject up a few times with various different people, especially the ones that come to me saying that you know big boys with his toys. It's like, well, yes, I am, but why do you think that? You know what uh, what what hobbies do you do? You know, yeah, so, I'd say to the same. Way. I know people who play golf, and you know spend we you know just spend the weekends polishing the golf clubs it's like mm-hmm. it's just a toy yeah it's it's a sport which usually derives from yeah. a toy i mean probably not so much as as, as a ball in in football or rugby uh, but yeah. yeah basketball it's another one yep you know it, it's all it derivative is. of an original toy yep. idea and it comes back to my original point and your original point is like the individual component is a toy but once you apply the rules and then an objective becomes a game. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with going to a superstore to buy to to even look at the board games or even buy a board game there. It's going to be in the in the toy section, but again, there's nothing wrong with that. It is probably the most suited place for it to be within that kind of shop environment. Yeah. Now, I will say that, you know, a lot of people don't like the the childish association that um board games have with the general public and but for me I just don't care. If anything, I feel I actually feel really sorry for those that are missing out just because they view it as as a childish thing. So, yeah. you know, if, if you're one of those people that I don't know why you would be listening to this particular podcast, but mm. if you are one of those people that doesn't get into board gaming, for example, because you view it as too childish, I, I seriously I challenge you to just take the plunge because you will find that that is not the case yep 100% agree yeah any other words of wisdom from yourself James 
No, I think I'm wisdomed out. (laughs) Not a very long episode today, because this isn't a huge argument that we can really have. I mean, we do disagree, but we also agree. Yeah, but I think this is the first topical discussion where we've actually, at the beginning, gone, nope. Yeah, no, you're wrong. (laughs) And you're still wrong, James. No, never. (laughs) I refuse to admit defeat. (laughs) So this is one, I think, James, we are going to have to hand it over to the people to, to... Decide whether you are right or whether I am right. Mm. So, over to you guys. Let us know whether you view board games as toys. I have a feeling, given the general sort of listeners of this podcast, that I'm going to lose this argument. However, do think about the things that I've said. Obviously, do take into account those definitions from the English Dictionary to prove that I am exactly right and that James is indeed wrong. Let us know on any of our social media platforms. Links to all of those and our Discord will be in the podcast description. Last chance to say anything, James? Well, you are wrong. (laughs) I'm never wrong. Time to hand over to the man in the news shed for this week's crowdfunding and gaming news. So over to you, Paul. Is it me or is it a tad warm in the shed? Well, okay, you say cosy, but I say hot. Yeah, but I've got a bit more padding than you. What are you laughing at, you cheeky son? Yeah, I said padding. Well, I can't really strip off any further, can I? I'm already down to my pants. If you must, I suppose the fire is dying down a little bit. Yeah, it was a good spot by me at the charity shop, wasn't it? I know, 27 copies of Monopoly for a fiver. That's cheaper than firewood. Okay, so what version are you putting on now? Monopoly bass fishing? They really are clutching at straws for Monopoly versions now, aren't they? I mean, make some new games and stop rehashing the same boring rubbish. Right, throw that on and I'll get this news read out. Board games based on sporting events don't usually feature heavily in people's collections. I suppose the mechanics involved in fast-moving sports don't translate well to the turns involved in board gaming. Well, that hasn't stopped the US publisher Pandasaurus Games releasing two games this year, which includes the first already doing well over on Kickstarter right now. Skate Summer is a 2-5 player game being released in two editions, a retail edition with limited stretch goals that will hit retail stores once backers get their copies, and a special edition juiced up with all those juicy stretch goals that will be available only through the crowdfunding campaign. As for the game itself, it's the summer, and you're riding the sun-drenched half-pipes of Pelican Park. Locals know there's no ledge too high, no rail too long, and no ramp too dangerous for you and your crew. So nail rad trick combos and show off your skills, but be careful. The longer you stay on your board, the more likely you are to bail. The object of Skate Summer is to score the most points by doing trick combos, collecting gold tokens and visiting skater locations. The game is played in rounds. Each round involves players picking trick cards to earn rewards and rolling dice to check their balance. 
You get to upgrade skills and score points for combos and navigating the park to pick up new goals and rad new gear. If any player's score has hit or passed the endgame token at the end of the round, the game ends and players count up their endgame points. The player with the highest score wins. And graphic designer Matt Paquette should feel really super stoked as the player boards look perfect as mini skateboards. Skate Summer is out now on Kickstarter and ends on Saturday, February the 12th, with pledges starting at just £37. And on to the other game I mentioned, set to go straight to retail and hoping to cash in a little on this year's Winter Olympics, is Skull Canyon Ski Fest from first-time designers Jason Klinke and Kip Nojis. The 2-4 player game that will take you around an hour to play hopes to prove you're the ultimate skier by taking on the most difficult runs, collecting the best gear and earning the highest score. So to get your ski on in Skull Canyon Ski Fest, you need to collect and turn in matching sets of slope cards. Each set you turn in lets you ski a run on the mountain, earning victory points, fame and a spot on the run scoreboard that tracks who performed best on each run. The higher a run's difficulty rating, the more cards you need to collect to complete it. But you'll also score more points and earn more fame. At the end of each day of skiing, you take a break at the Ski Village, where you can take bonus actions and acquire gear to prepare for the next day of skiing. And at the end, players score for the number of easy, advanced and expert runs they control, then whoever has the most victory points wins. So head on over to Kickstarter now for Skate Summer, and look out for Skull Canyon Ski Fest hitting your FLGS this April. With global shipping issues still abound, Magic the Gathering publisher Wizards of the Coast has just pushed its upcoming game Unfinity to the second half of 2022. Not much info was given on the pushback except for mentions of supply chain complications and challenges associated with COVID-19, although the delay will only affect Unfinity. Unfinity was previewed last year as the fifth and latest in a recurring tradition of sets featuring intentionally bonkers cards that would normally never be printed elsewhere. They might ask players to pause the game in order to play a second, separate game of Magic the Gathering, tear the card into confetti, or sneak a creature onto the table while nobody is watching. Colloquially called Unsets, these collections have been favourites of both players and designers. The Galactic Circus theme wasn't the only new thing coming with Unfinity, as Wizards of the Coast decided to retire the practice of printing non-standard cards, including all unset cards, those with silver borders to donate their exclusion from tournament formats. Instead, an acorn-shaped hollowfall security stamp will replace the border treatment on cards Wizards of the Coast doesn't intend for organised play. This will allow the company to include acorn cards, as the community has dubbed them, alongside both reprints and the more tame additions in sets such as Unfinity. Interestingly though, the delay hasn't affected Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, which is set to hit store shelves and online marketplaces on February the 18th. Well, it's all well and good seeing Magic the Gathering, Pokemon and the recently released new Digimon TCG on tables, but remember there's others out there too. Namely one I always preferred over them, and that is Yu-Gi-Oh! That being said, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Jewel has made a surprise launch on PC and consoles. 
Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel was given a tentative release window of winter 2021 last September by publisher Konami, following its reveal over last summer. Rather than announcing a more specific release date for the game, the studio has apparently decided to just drop it onto PCs and console storefronts this week, including PlayStation, Xbox and the Nintendo Switch. Yu-Gi-Oh!'s answer to the likes of Magic the Gathering Arena, Master Jewel is a faithful digital adaptation of the long-running traded card game's full OCG TCG Master Rules compared to the more beginner-friendly spin-off seen in mobile app Dual Links. The free-to-play app's expansive library includes over 10,000 cards from the TCG's history, which can be used in a single-player mode or in online duels and tournaments against other human opponents. The solo campaigns are based around specific deck types, and will apparently tell the story behind some of the cards. If you're new to the game, or at least haven't played in long enough to know what XYZ summoning is, a tutorial will teach you how to play Yu-Gi-Oh! But it's no surprise to anyone who's played a free-to-play digital card game before, the app includes the ability to buy new packs of cards using virtual currency. Although unwanted cards can also be broken down and crafted into new ones, some cards will be unlocked by participating in tournaments and other events, along with virtual accessories such as playmats, card sleeves and companions to dress up your digital tabletop. As you'd expect, players can use these cards to create custom decks to pit against rival duelists. If creating a whole deck from scratch is a tad intimidating, there's an included database of decks lists to help you out. Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel is out now on PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One and Nintendo Switch, with cross-platform play and saving so you can play and hop between multiple systems at your leisure. A further release is planned for iOS and Android and Konami saying details of the mobile app will be released soon. And since its surprise release, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel has seen its number of concurrent players on Steam overtake PC Star Wars Grand Theft Auto V and Apex Legends with a current peak of over 169,000 players, according to Steam's own stats. The impressive number was enough to rocket the digital card game temporarily into third place in the rankings, behind regular chart-toppers Counter-Strike Global Offensive and Dota 2, before settling into its current fourth place at the time of recording. And we're heading on over to crowdfunding now. All three of these are available on Kickstarter at the moment. First up is Marvel Zombies, a zombie side game by Simon. It's for 1 to 6 players, it's going to take you about an hour to play, it's for ages 14 years and over, and it ends on Friday, February the 4th. When the zombie plague strikes, not even Earth's mightiest heroes are safe. Marvel Zombies is a cooperative board game for 1 to 6 players based on the core mechanics of the smash hit zombie side series bringing non-stop zombie action to the Marvel Universe. The original art by comics legend Marco Concetto is brought to life in amazing game pieces depicting the iconic Marvel characters in glorious and often gory detail. Fight the insatiable hunger, 
for heroes never die, they just change. In a world protected by mighty superheroes, one would think a zombie invasion would be quickly dealt with. But when the first members of the Avengers joined the ranks of the undead, it immediately became clear how much trouble the world was in. Their decaying bodies almost oblivious to damage, zombie heroes wreak havoc across the globe. Despite their condition, these heroes retain their full mental facilities if they can keep their hunger at bay. The hunger enhances their superpowers, but also compels them to devour living flesh, lest they become truly mindless monsters utterly consumed by it. So assemble your undead team, build up your appetite, and go change the face of the Earth. This is no world of Marvel heroes, this is a world of Marvel zombies. So you take control of Marvel zombies facing off against S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and living superheroes controlled by the game itself. Eliminating enemies and devouring bystanders makes you powerful, but the more danger you pose, the more forces are sent to hurt you. The ever-growing hunger makes you stronger, but if you don't feed it, you'll be consumed by it. Only by working together can the zombie heroes find the key to their salvation. The rules contained in the base box are for zombie mode in which players control ravenous zombie heroes against the last remaining superheroes. However, marble zombies can also be played in hero mode, with those roles reversed by using the contents and rules from the Marvel Zombies X-Men Resistance core box. Right, pledge levels. Are you strapped in? You're gonna wanna brace yourselves. The Undead Pledge gets you the base game of Marvel Zombies, a zombie side game and all applicable stretch goals to that base game. That will set you back £96 or $130. We don't stop there. The Resistance Pledge gets you both Marvel Zombies and the X-Men Resistance expansion and all stretch goals associated with both of them for £178 or $240. We're not stopping there. Splash out on the Galactus Pledge. You'll get the game, X-Men expansion, and the Galactus expansion, featuring a 62cm tall, zombified Galactus miniature. Well, we can't really call it a miniature, can we? As well as all the stretch goals to go with it, that pledge comes in at £303 or $410. But don't fret, a Fantastic Four expansion can be added as an add-on for another £37 or $50 if you haven't spent enough. And I don't usually mention checking out the shipping prices, but feel it best to mention it today. Whilst you are checking out the project, also check the shipping, because they seem to be crazy high too. I know Simon games don't come cheap, especially these huge boxes of plastic, but it's certainly something to take in consideration if you plan on pledging. Next up, on crowdfunding is Sink or Swim by Bazia Games. It's for three to six players. It takes half an hour to three quarters of an hour to play. It's for ages 14 years and over, and it ends on Thursday, February the 10th. Hey look, I found another sport-based game to cram in, and this time we're heading for the pool. Inspired by real-life synchronized swimming, Sink or Swim focuses on teamwork, collaboration and communication. Each round, teammates plan the perfect routine while taking direction from the team captain. The clock starts and players start trading, placing and diving for cars to get their performance just right. As your team progresses through each round, the routines become more challenging and throw all sorts of twists your way. At the end of each round, the free app judges your performance based on timing, 
and accuracy, so you and your friends will discover creative tactics for better strategies and scores each time you play. And there's just one pledge level for this, and that gets you the Kickstarter edition for just £15 or $20. Did you hear that, Simon? £15. And lastly is Ostia by Uchi Pakoya. It's for one to four players, and it takes 80 to 150 minutes to complete. It's ages 14 years and over, and it ends on Monday, February the 21st. Ostia is a strategy game for one to four players, and is not to be confused with the 2005 game release of the same name by Mayfair Games. Players lead a large fleet to explore the ocean, trade and develop the port. You'll make good use of the Mancala system to strengthen your personal board and aim for the highest honour. The player chooses one of the six spaces on his board and produces corresponding resources for the number of ships on that space. After that, take all your ships in that space and place them one by one clockwise taking the action corresponding to where the last ship was placed. By repeating this, you can build a new ship on your personal board, strengthen your ship to a larger one, or build a building in your harbour. The standard pledge gets you the base game for £47, grab the base set and the merchant expansion for £57, or grab the upgrade pack as well as the game and expansion for £74. And we're heading on over to events. This weekend coming, Saturday 29th of January, has Abby hosting Surrey Board Gaming Group. Her day runs from 10.30 until 5.30. It's just £5, with the location being 7th Rygate Scout Group Hut, Timperley Gardens, Red Hill, RH12AP. Wednesdays has Crawley Gaming Community being hosted at the newly revamped The Comic Shop in Crawley, and they tend to gather from 6ish onwards until close, with £5 per evening, with plenty of snacks, drinks and even pizza for purchase if that's what you wish. Thursday sees three groups running in the form of Worthing Board Gamers down at the Ardington Hotel in Worthing from 7pm. Dave is back with Lewis Board Game Club and the Trinity Gaming Cafe from 7pm through to 11pm, welcoming you for an evening of gaming with a tuck shop on site. Jake and Chris would also like to welcome you to Dyson Drinks in Burgess Hill for their Thursday evening social. Entry is just £5 for the evening with refreshments available for purchase. Crawley Gaming Club is there on Monday evenings at Tilgate Community Centre from 7.30. As with everything at the moment, things can come unstuck at any point, so stay posted to the group's socials just in case anything changes last minute. Board gaming community is pretty sensible, and I know none of us would attend any event if we thought ourselves as a potential risk to others. Well, Brian, Monopoly bass fishing didn't last long, did it? What's next? Monopoly One Direction. That's definitely going on. Although I'm surprised that actually made it into the shed. To be honest with you, I think the fire's too good for it. Surely it should be out rotting slowly on the compost heap. Ooh, that went up a treat, didn't it? Nice. Although I'm a little worried about the shed now. Right, say goodbye to everyone. And it's a goodbye from me. Keep safe, meeples. Keep those dice rolling, the cards shuffling, and we'll hopefully be here. Thank you very much for that, Paul. And thank you guys for joining us once again for another episode of the Meeple Minded Podcast. This week was a topical discussion all about the question of our board games toys. We hope you liked that little discussion. Obviously, it is rather... it's, It's a bit more of a jokey topical episode here. Obviously, I do not view board games as 
you know, childish toys. If I did, I probably wouldn't own them. And I damn sure wouldn't be playing them as much as I do. But at the end of the day, they bring me enjoyment. So, so what? Maybe they are toys, James. Mm. You know, we all like them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on the subject? No, I think we're pretty much um, argued out. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. So my suggestion is now, James, is that we end this podcast and break out the toy soldiers and have a little, uh, <laughs> a little, a little toy gaming session. What do you think? Yeah, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> that is all from us, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. We will be back next week for more tabletop gaming goodness. But until then, I have been Jason. And I've been James. And you've been listening to the Meeple Minded Podcast. See you next week, guys. Ta-ta. Goodbye.